Let's go, y'all. Cat food, everything around. Let's go, y'all. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of Arch Conversations. Today, we are at Open Farm Community with my friend. Ta-da! <laughs> the magical appearance. Hello. And you are? Oliver. Oliver will take us for a walkthrough tour of OFC yeah. before we commence conversations. Yes. Cool. So I'm going to just like walk through and literally just be feeding you stuff mm -hmm. while we go through. So that's, it's, it's a nice way for me to introduce a lot of the herbs and things we have going on as I well eating? as uh, this is Southwood, uh, basically a, a, a false dill. So like a close enough to dill, anise, healthy bitterness. It's, it's actually, actually really good. You're a cocktail person as well? I have a cocktail person Yeah, well. this is like, uh, I find it has a lot of that anise kind of uh, mm -hmm. background. So um, curry, you don't have to eat, but you can smell this if you want. I it's have it quite, at home uh, as well. Yeah, quite powerful. Obviously papayas mm. in the background. Uh, the mulberries are popping off. You picked a good day actually, because this is insane. It's never like this. And they're really dark and juicy, so that's sweet. We're gonna get a little, uh, little juicy. Can I eat this? You absolutely can eat that. It was that. on a tree though. It's Should fine. we wash this? Everything you eat comes Far, from a tree at some table. point. Yeah, this is <laughs> <laughs> as direct as it gets. Okay, that was really good. I don't even know we could have mulberry trees in Singapore. So actually mulberry is like one of the most important crops in Southeast Asia. I really do have to come out here and take all these mulberries down. This is insane. But yeah, mulberries is the uh, central feeding for silkworms as well. Ooh. So that's where, you know, like in Cambodia and Thailand, all the silk farms have just like plantations mulberry. of mulberry. Off the beaten path. Off the beaten path. <laughs> My solo pineapple project down there. It is, I don't know. Wakedong? Yeah, tree testicles. <laughs> uh, we just, in English, it's just kedongdong. So the young shoots are really. Kedongdong, guys. Kedongdong tree, yeah. Uh, the young shoes are really lovely. Can I eat this? Yeah. You'll like it a lot. Green mango and a hint it's of like really pine good. almost. But the, the fruits are also great juice and it plays host to like a massive blue pea vine. Mm -hmm. So it's a nice little plant to have around. These are like false teas. Yeah. So this is called uh, Black General. Feels and so it's, good. It's just for tea making. Like you can't yeah. eat it as a leaf or whatever. Yep. But it's a really delicious tea. Very round flavor profile and everything. Mm -hmm. Indian gooseberries. As long as you're into sour flavors, you could try this if you want. Just yeah, get the mind. really red ones, not the, one. that's the juiciest one. How do you know? Because it's Swap. super red and healthy. It's powerful, but it has that berry tone, which is really lovely. Um, moringa, starfruit trees, belimbi. My dad was taking a lot of moringa for his cancer. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's a very powerful anti-cancer. Belimbi? No? It's so big. I don't like these. <laughs> this is big. not... <laughs> Is it? <laughs> it's so big. Uh, I'm not going there. <laughs> there's a, a like Filipino this? word for it too. So it has like a harder core. So you're just going to want to take a little Is bite. It's hard though. Uh, <laughs> it's very small. <laughs> you like sour flavors. It's so sour. Um, it's not bad. Kind of spicy even. It makes good achar, like pickles and stuff. Yeah, you can yeah. make really nice versions. Chilies. Yeah, chilies and laksa leaves. That's Ali. Ali takes care of the garden Hi, here. Ali. Ali's a boss. Sugarcane, pandan. Oh, give me some other thing to wash that out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, here, here. This will get any flavor out of your mouth. So this is called Mexican tarragon. 
Uh, again, anise family. I really Mexican like this. Mexican tarragon. Got really mild sweetness to it too. Thank you. Anyway, this is the end of the restaurant. That was uh, the tour. The, and the this whip. is... The whip run around. The most exciting So that part. was the garden and the restaurant. Yeah. And this is the farm. So here's the cucumber that we're sharing. Really warm. Nice. Really warm cucumber. Really, really warm cucumber. Mmm. <laughs> it's delicious. Right here. Flavor pairing. What is this? It's basil. Oh. So... Currently, we're sitting in OFC's farm, and I'll let Oliver talk a bit more about this farm. Hi. Um, so yeah, this is the new project from uh, our restaurant. So I'm the chef at Open Farm Community, and uh, obviously the philosophy for OFC is about shortening food chains and getting people a bit more involved in uh, knowing where their food comes from. So as part of that, we're opening a farm. And it's still in the early days, but uh, we were lucky enough to get the land next door and um, the government was really supportive as well, which is great. And uh, yeah, now we have a farm, so cucumbers and basil. Amazing. Right behind us, this is a basil plot. And we have different things in the bag. Do you want to talk a little bit about that too? Sure. We're, we're just starting some crops. So there's corn, mizuna. The cucumbers are on the trellis that you can see in the back there. Mm -hmm. Uh, the sort of puffs are sorghum, um, a few more herbs down there, there's shiso, and mm -hmm. he's sort of standing in the middle of the field of opera uh, at the moment. So, yeah. And we want to give a quick shout out to our farmers over there who are all volunteers, as um, Oliver well, just told me. Rachel's not. So the lady in the blue, mm -hmm. she's our head farmer. Okay. But these two people and uh, the other guy who was here earlier are all volunteers, which is awesome. And yeah, um, we could have a few volunteers around. If you guys want to volunteer at a farm in your free time, yeah, please come reach by. out to Oliver. For sure, yeah. Yeah. That's a good shout. Right? That's a very useful thing. Thank I, you. I know. Yeah, it's amazing. It's my job. Yeah. Yeah. Oliver, what's your role at OFC? I know you're the head chef, hmm. but what is your role predominantly like overseeing the farm or overseeing the garden or what is it? What is it that you actually do here? Um, so I do oversee the garden side. Obviously, with people to do. Well, Ali, who you met earlier, or mm -hmm. saw earlier, um, who takes care of it. But we do uh, decide together on plantings and what's going to happen when mm -hmm. so that I can plan menus better. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I'm sort of like, sounds so pretentious to say I'm a thought leader. Yeah. What's a better word for that? There isn't. Some of the most mm. pretentious words, when they are what they are, is just yeah. it's what it is. But okay, I, I help define the direction for... Uh, the restaurant sustainability programs as well because that's something I'm really passionate about mm -hmm. and then uh, yeah help close the link with the farm so now that product is sort of coming on board we're getting like kilos of certain vegetables every week mm -hmm. um, it's all about being able to be flexible on the menu in order to take as much product out of here as possible because you know seven kilos of basil at a shot is uh, a lot it's a lot yeah, yeah. it's a lot so how often does the menu have to change to though in that sense well, actually, what we have to do is adjust some of the ingredients that we get off the farm. We sort of have dishes in mind, um, but it'll be like you'll get quite a bit and then there'll be a pause while the plants grow mm -hmm. another batch. So it's about being having the flexibility to put it on when it's ready and then take it off when it's not. Um, there are plants that are a bit more consistent. Basil is like a really good example. Obviously, it grows like crazy here, so uh, we can have a really reliable supply of that. But mm -hmm. 
yeah, for, for other plants, we need to have the flexibility in order to maximize what we're getting out of here. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So would you, what would you say the brand ethos of OFC is? Um, I think it's, it's, well, I don't think it's, it's about connecting you people. Know. To, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's about connecting people to food. Ultimately, that's the, the name of the game at the end of the day is just yeah. trying to make people a little more aware about, uh, not just food itself, but the processes behind it and connect them to the food chains. Uh, because I think in Singapore particularly, although it's a problem everywhere in the world, this is by no means unique to Singapore at all. Mm -hmm. um, but in Singapore particularly, because the agricultural community has been so far diminished, yeah, uh, people are very disconnected from food, and, and imports have a much higher value than locally produced product. Mm -hmm. uh, even in people's minds, like on an everyday basis, something locally produced is probably cheaper mm -hmm. in like in the co collective conscience than something. I mean, the, the obvious examples are the Japanese ingredients and and the French ingredients that come in for a lot of restaurants here. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that necessarily has to be the case. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, we just want to do a little bit of outreach and education on uh, supporting local growers, growing it yourself, and being a little more connected and involved with your food. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So what would you say the sustainable um, culture for OFC looks like? I mean, a lot of, a lot of sustainability is pretty unglamorous mm -hmm. stuff. It's like... Oh, turning off the water, uh, limiting uh, AC time and, and temperature and things, which are remarkably effective on a personal basis, things mm -hmm. that people can do. But uh, from a restaurant standpoint, it's a lot more impactful because we're a fairly large restaurant as mm -hmm. well. So I think my biggest role in sustainability of the restaurant is sourcing properly. Mm -hmm. So uh, choosing to use ethical sourcing for, for products is the biggest way I can impact operations here. Mm -hmm. um, so we use a lot of like carbon neutral meats, so meats from farms that are uh, getting assessments and, and buying carbon credits to offset mm -hmm. their impact on the environment. Um, some sustainable seafood, uh, mm -hmm. like certified sources. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of local vegetables because uh, what's interesting is this is going to be a little bit nerdy in terms of sustainability, but... We love nerds. Okay. <laughs> when you have the like massive impact foods so like uh, beef is the best example it's by far like by a really long shot the biggest impact food that humans consume on a, on a sort of normal basis mm -hmm. um, the transport percentage of the impact from beef is so low mm -hmm. that getting beef from elsewhere as long as it's marginally better uh, in terms of general impact the transport won't really play a role so getting beef from like Peru or wherever, if it was really well sourced uh, and really ethically raised, would be better than getting beef from Malaysia mm -hmm. that's just sort of conventionally raised. Mm -hmm. um, not that that's a common thing in Malaysia, but you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, the point stands is that transport for the high impact foods uh, is such a low percentage. But when you get down to vegetables and nuts and fruits and, and grains, you start to be looking at foods with quite a low impact in general. Yep. Um, and in that case, the transport percentage is a bit higher mm -hmm. uh, so what we try and do is we can we can reach further afield for higher impact stuff mm -hmm. um, proteins in particular mm -hmm. and then uh, for the vegetables and fruits and grains and everything we try and go as close to home as possible mm -hmm. so we cast a dragnet over like Southeast Asia uh, basically as far north as like Laos and Thailand and Myanmar mm -hmm. and uh, the Philippines and Indonesia Singapore and Malaysia Mm -hmm. And that's where we try and source the majority of our vegetables and everything from. It's probably around like 90% mm -hmm. of everything we get in. 
um, yeah. Amazing. And what advice would you give to people at home who want to just like, what are a few sustainable things that they can do to switch in their lifestyle, like some things that they could do? Uh, vote with your money. That's the biggest one. I think like, if you look at the impact uh, personal actions can have, mm -hmm. uh, it's obviously important because it, it brings a lot of awareness to, to key issues around climate change and sustainability. Mm -hmm. But your actual personal impact is so low in a general sense yep. that the most impactful thing you can often do is buy things from the most responsible company. Yep. Um, I think that voting with your money is a hugely undervalued way of, uh, yeah, like having sustainable action. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, instead of buying all your vegetables from a supermarket that's owned by a massive conglomerate, not to name any names, but you, you can buy them from local farms or you can buy them from at least the local farm section in said supermarket. Mm -hmm. Because what that does is it sends the message to them that people are interested in this and it's a viable market. Yep. So and then they'll, exactly. And yeah. then they'll also be putting more money into the farms in turn. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's like the number one thing, especially in Singapore that I think people, people can do. Mm -hmm. There are, there are small things, you know, don't like waste water, grow some stuff at home. That's also just a personally rewarding experience. Mm -hmm. Um, coming from the guy sitting on a farm, obviously, mm -hmm. but, uh, I think it is really, uh, like it, it can be very personally meaningful to grow things and, and see sort of the patterns of nature and nurture something mm -hmm. uh, from the ground up and then be able to consume it later. Mm -hmm. uh, you'd be surprised at how much better it is often than what you can get in shops. Mm -hmm. uh, and then try your best, especially in Singapore, recycling is not a really common thing. Yeah. So like we've, we've fought to get recycling here. Um, we do a lot of bringing in our recyclables from home to here. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think if you can find somewhere where you're able to uh, recycle, upcycle, reuse, reduce, all those, uh, all those nice things, that's always the way forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that it? Makes sense? Yeah, yeah. of course. I mean, unless there's something me. specific, I was trying to think of like... Because I think a lot of people tell me like, mm, what's it going to do? Like, you know, because I, I, I use a lot of reusable bags, but mm -hmm. they were like, what's it going to do for me if I, one person, one person cannot make that big impact? Yeah, so it's, yeah. as you said, yeah, sometimes personal impacts not so much, but then when it comes down to it, like, I, I never thought about it. Like, mm. what was the term you used? Voting? Voting with your money. Yeah, yeah but even reusable bags are... Uh, like reusable bags are a bit nonsensical in mm -hmm. terms of like when you look at the practicalities of them and how much you have to use them for them to be more beneficial than plastic bags. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's like electric vehicles. If you don't put your money towards reusable bags, companies will just say, okay, screw it, don't worry about them. We'll never have reusable bags. Everyone gets plastic. Yeah. Um, in the same way that if you don't buy an electric car, you're like you're sending a message that it's... Redundant. Yeah, well, or that it's not a viable market, and, yeah. and how can we ever improve, even if electric cars are not at a state where we think they're uh, something I'd be happy to drive. Mm -hmm. It's like that market will never improve. The same applies to food. It's like yeah. supporting local. Sometimes you do take a small drop in quality. Yep. It's, it's still worthwhile because what you can then do is work with that farmer to improve the quality. Yeah, and if you don't if you don't take that first step of investing in them, they're not going to listen to you. Yeah, yeah and yeah. there's no reason they would ever change something for you. So yeah. when they're invested in you and you're investing in them, the relationship starts and you can improve things from them. Do you want to go through maybe the top three things that you love making here? Seeing that the menu changes all the time, mm. is are there things that are always on the menu? Yeah, there's some like 
often what we'll do is do things as specials if there's not that much going on. Mm -hmm. so the menu is fairly, like there's some things that switch out quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And there's some things that we get a lot of complaints when we take it off. Yep. So there's some standards, yep. standard favorites. Uh, so what's the top three? The ceviche, definitely. The ceviche. And I know ceviche is like one of these things that a lot of people do, but ours is pretty particular in that uh, it's all botanical ingredients from the garden in mm -hmm. the, the actual marinade. And the fish is also from Pulaubin. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a farm called Tiberius on the north side of Pulaubin. Uh, who does our barramundi and our golden snapper mm -hmm. and we just get this amazing fresh like it's like six hours from water to door mm -hmm. so we have a like a really great product come in the door and mm -hmm. then uh, we're using stuff from just outside and you're creating a really lovely dish and for a little bit of texture there's like the pulutitam so the Malaysian black rice mm -hmm. that we've done as like a, a rice crispy am I going to totally mispronounce it and no. you're going to make fun of me no. pulutitam very good Pulut hitam. Yeah. How do we say it? Chris, how do we say it? Pulut hitam. Pulut hitam. Is it right? You do it again? Pulut hitam. Yes, yeah. that's right. That was okay. close, right? Yeah, close enough. Close <laughs> enough. Close I mean, come on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a, that's a cool dish that is very centralized to Singapore. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually inspired by sambal mata, if you've heard that, the like Indonesian sambal. So ginger flower uh, base, mm -hmm. which is a really cool flavor profile for me especially. I guess there were like two herbs when we moved to Singapore that I really felt uh, had totally different flavor profiles from anything I tasted before. Mm -hmm. Often you'll have herbs and like they'll be in the same family as something that grows in Canada. Or grow yeah. So like the sages and anises and oregano sort of families all have representation here. Yep. Um, whereas for laksa leaves, we just don't have something that tastes like that mm -hmm. in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, Ulam Raja is the other one, like mm -hmm. the flowers, and then the shoot ginger flowers, so the torch ginger, like Rojak ginger, mm -hmm. uh, is a Rojak. really yeah. <laughs> Sorry, get the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> was a was a fascinating flavor for me. Yeah. Anyways, and so uh, it's loaded with uh, ginger flower, mm -hmm. and then pickled ginger flower on top as well. So. so what dish is it again? That's the ceviche. The ceviche. Um, okay. What else? So that's one dish. Yeah. Two more. Paramundi mm. smoked mussel butter. That's like also very regionally uh, sourced. And then it's sort of served with the whole uh, botanical chain of peas. Mm -hmm. So like pea shoots, peas themselves, uh, pea flowers, and the like pods of peas as well. So mm -hmm. uh, a very like botanically familial dish, which I think is a cool uh, way to go about the creative process is like, okay, we can serve this plant at every stage in its life cycle on mm -hmm. one dish. Amazing. Uh, I mean, the most popular is definitely the cauliflower wings, mm -hmm. but cauliflower is from uh, a company called Ugly Food. Mm -hmm. So it's like a, a market surplus uh, cauliflower. Basically, uh, you're probably aware Singapore imports like 89 to 90% of food every year. Mm -hmm. So like everything that gets consumed in Singapore, um, but they actually order like 130% around. Uh, for how much caloric intake the city gets. So like 30% of food that comes into Singapore eventually just goes in someone's bin or, or yeah. whatever. I wasn't aware, but thanks for the information. Yeah. I have uh, to be honest. And uh, you should get mandarins now, wholesale. Why? Because after Chinese New Year, it's like, there's so many mandarins <laughs> left over. We, we have a mandarin dessert on right now, just because it's I like- I actually took one of the plants that we bought for Chinese New Year and planted it in my garden to see if it would grow. 
I've heard it. You you have to have like specific soils and things. Really? Yeah, I was. We'll I see. looked into it as well. But you can yeah, I, try it Apparently, out. they make it orange for just for the season, but it turns into like lime or calamansi after. Oh right. It turns green. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. The small ones. I'm not talking about the big yeah, ones. Yeah, I know the little like yeah, the, the little ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So maybe the mandarin dessert. That's a good example. But yeah, look. Anyways, we get a bunch of uh, surplus veggies from a company called Ugly Food. Ugly Food's a bit of a misnomer. The cauliflower we get from them is like very nice product as well. Mm -hmm. It just means that at the end of the day at a vegetable market, one seller said like, I have too much cauliflower right now. Like I want to offload this. Yeah. And yeah. so they'll give it to us. Um, and yeah, we do the same thing with the mandarins. So we have like whole candy mandarins that are poached in uh, spice syrup over like 20 days mm -hmm. and then uh, chopped and put in the bottom with a little almond cake and a uh, coconut mousse and everything. It's a really nice dessert. Okay. So run this quickly. First one, ceviche. Yeah. Second one, Barra. The bear sure. Monday. Yeah. Third, because you had two things there. Yeah, cauliflower. Uh, well, I, I did third, I did cauliflower, and then I was and then like, the fourth, but the mandarins. The, the yeah. dessert. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so third, cauliflower, and the fourth, uh, almond cake yeah. with the mandarins. Mandarin, and the whole yeah. candy mandarins, yeah. Lovely. Uh, so if you haven't been to OFC, come. Come. We need to get out of this farm because I'm getting eaten Are alive. Getting, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought the basils would protect us, but no. Yeah, but not really. No. Maybe. Thank you, Oliver, for doing this today. No, for no, like pleasure, educating for sure. us a little bit because it educated me a lot. Excellent. I love the walkthrough. I love eating all that stuff. Yeah. And um, I hope I'll be back soon. Yeah. Thanks, Ollie. Thank you very much. Cheers. Say bye. Take care. See, thanks for watching. Thanks for thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. I'm like your puppet now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say yes. Ciao. Thank you say very no. much. <laughs> no, I don't want to say. Wait, I just said it. <laughs> Fuck.